<laughs> is this fake sire? Is this this Hades costume? Is the stinkiest costume on this brand? <laughs> Babies are often very useless when you need to get things done. Take a puff. Do you fear that? Bing is a sus individual. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode, we'll focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash Mouse Madness. Kyle, it feels like we've been in the parks a lot lately yeah. uh, on the podcast, talking a lot about Disneyland, Disney resorts. Um, and we're back there again, but I feel like this time might be a little bit less like technical, historical, and and might lean a little bit closer to our our, our scariest Disney costume bracket <laughs> and our and our best Disney autograph bracket, where it might be a little bit looser, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, in this world that we exist in currently, we need a little bit of a looser fun episode that's not so detailed heavy. We're, we're off the back of the most quintessential Michael Eisner uh, bracket, which was probably the most research I've ever done for this show. It was so what? intense uh, because you just had to know so much about this man and all of the choices that he made. And instead, we're going to be talking about the best Disneyland attraction poster. Uh, you know them. You love them. Uh, Chris, I know that you have a couple because I gave you some for your for a birthday or sure Christmas do. or something like that. I have a couple sure in my do. house as yeah. well. Uh, and so these are the attraction posters that you see currently in Disneyland in the tunnels left or right as you walk through to get to to the town square as you walk onto Main Street. And they're right off the top. Let's talk about they're iconic. And so, of course, we want to jump into our favorite place and talk about some art that exists within that. And before we uh, get too far into it, I want to remind everybody that we would love some of your some of your love on our Apple Podcast reviews. If you enjoy the show, go ahead and give us five stars, four stars if you if you think there's some room to That's improve fine. out That's here. We're cool. fine with that. Uh, but that helps the show get discovered if you review on Apple Podcasts. I don't think Spotify has a review system, but Apple Podcasts for sure. Go ahead and leave five star review. Leave some notes. We got, you know, Chris and I did some research once upon a time, and most shows only get a handful of reviews and especially comments. And we're out here pushing like forty two or something like that. So well, go ahead. we're we're <laughs> we're out here on the higher end of reviews, and we want to see that grow even more. So go ahead and leave in review. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk about these posters. And I had to bring in a couple of artistic experts. You know them. You love them. It's Eric and Alyssa. Welcome, you two. Hello. It's very good to be back again. This time, talking about some art. Yeah. A little different this time. Yeah. I am terrified that you just called us artistic experts. <laughs> I, I will lean into that title. I will say that Alyssa brings a, a really excellent graphic design lens. I, I'm, I'm gonna talk about colors. I mean, I'm hey. looking at the, the font, the colors, the yeah. design of these. I mean, this will be fun. Listen, listen, and you kind of touched upon it already. Like Alyssa is an artistic expert. She is an artistic <laughs> professional. She gets paid for what she does. Uh, yes. Alyssa, talk about your your design background and your art, your art background. 
Yeah, I have always been an artist since I was a kid. Um, but when it came to, you know, choosing a career, I went the more practical route and chose to do more graphic design, something that involved computers and technology. So I could see some of these posters being similar to like some of the assignments we had in college where we talk about composition and color and contrast. Um, so really excited to get into this um, as I do get professionally paid to do <laughs> the same work. And actually, it's actually, this is going to be hard. I can tell already because they're all such beautiful, um, beautiful pieces from a design perspective and I love them all. So it'll be hard to choose the best. <laughs> yeah, totally. And Eric, you and I grew up together and you come from uh, a couple of parents who are very artistically inclined. Your brother is a full-blown artist. Uh, and I know that you were always excelling in the arts in school, uh, always the one that knew how to draw the best. And we we're always trying to catch up to you. You just talked about fonts, design, colors. Is that kind of your wheelhouse? Is that what you like to see out of these posters? We were reading a bit about it and I, I'm picturing like you walk into the park, right? What do you want to mm -hmm. see? Like what's bringing you here? What's getting you excited? What's getting you jazzed? So I'm also going, I'm going out vibes too. Oh, right? vibes <laughs> like if something is, is exciting me or like, oh, I want to go to Frontierland. I want to go to Tomorrowland, right? Like right. what is pulling me in? Sure. So I'm going to be a, a park goer today. Nah, love that angle. And that's a really important one. And you mentioned something, uh, very, very important to this podcast, and that's the vibes. And we can't get the vibes going until we talk about Spoonful of Sugar. Chris, happy Friday. What you got in your glass? Thank you. So I mentioned this on uh, Jerry's Gang Trivia this last weekend, which was so much fun, yeah, yeah. by the way. Uh, we had our third winner in three different trivia seasons. <laughs> so um, y'all, if you're afraid to get in there and do some Disney trivia with us, don't be afraid because it is so chaotic that... <laughs> There, there are there are no rules. You no know? rules. Well, there are there are rules. There actually are rules. But uh, anyone can win. It's set up to be fair for all. Yep. Um, but I mentioned that you know my Disney World vacation is getting ever closer. I'm, oh I'm yeah. About four weeks out as of tomorrow, and uh, you know there's going to be a lot of cameras, a lot of photos going to be hitting <laughs> water parks, little Typhoon Lagoon. Yeah. And I want I want this body to look like I want it to look. And sure. so with that comes me not drinking alcohol. <laughs> uh, so I am currently drinking a, a nice bottle of water um, in my reusable Elsa swell water bottle. <laughs> uh -huh. um, it's it's as cold as the waters of Arendelle. Uh, sure. It's very refreshing and a nice reminder to anyone listening to this episode. Go ahead and grab yourself a cup of water. While you're enjoying this content, there you go. Uh, Kyle, you're rocking the Aloha shirt, and so I'm hoping you got something tropical in your cup. It's today. Aloha. It's Aloha Friday. When you are forced to work in within the scam that is capitalism, you got to bring a little joy to your day <laughs> on Fridays. And so I wear an Aloha shirt, and I, I I do got some water next to me, but to match that Aloha flavor, I've got myself a Kona Big Wave. We're getting tropical out here. Summertime. It's Memorial Day weekend. Things are things are getting warm. Actually, last week was very warm here in the Bay, but it is getting getting warm, getting summertime. And what better way to kick it off than with a Kona Big Wave Golden Ale? Can't go wrong with it. Eric and Melissa, what do you two have over there? Can I share something I learned today? That there was really okay. White. We know the brand White Claw, right? Not a sponsor. We. <laughs> this is not advocating for them. Did y'all know White Claw refers to the the wave, like? The, the a wave as a tidal wave coming in it curls 
and the swells kind of turn white. So that's why it's called White Claw. That's oh. why there's a wave in their logo. That freaking blew my mind. Oh, I, I always thought that the can was white and you you make kind of a claw when you're holding a can. Like I legit thought that <laughs> so that's what I, that is. I mean, that's hilarious. Clearly we're I mean, servers yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, wow. I thought of that Amazing. when I saw your your Kona wave. Yeah, that's wacky, right? That is weird. Um, okay. I shared this in pre-record, but um I've got a belly full of quickles, which are <laughs> quick fermented pickles. Uh so I, I'm going I'm going neutral. I've got too much acid at the moment. Oh my god. Uh, so some water over here, some <laughs> some pH seven from <laughs> Oh man. Hydrate or digest, as they say. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I have a mango milk tea with boba because it's a hot day and I'm sleepy and I need some caffeine. And the boba always makes it exciting. So <laughs> can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Uh, well, we had a demographic that we surveyed to get these Disneyland attraction posters, and uh, you know, we went ahead and we and we took a gamble because yep. surveying. Disneyland guests about Disneyland posters. You're you're likely to get some extreme bias there. So uh, we went the opposite direction with it. We flew we flew the interns back down to Orlando. Oh yeah, hit the Walt Disney World Resort for the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind grand opening. Cool, oh, grand. Uh, and we ha- and we had them survey guests who were feeling a little bit queasy after Cosmic <laughs> Rewind. And we say, hey, uh, while you're sitting down. And just trying to recompose yourself after that spinning roller coaster, spinning launching roller coaster with many special effects, allegedly. Right. What's the best Disneyland attraction poster? And believe it or not, we got plenty of responses. Yeah. Uh, and and if you know the library of Disneyland attraction posters, uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, so there's plenty to choose from, and it and the cut line it's it's tough. It's it's yeah. definitely not easy to whittle it down to 16. But we've got 16. Before we get into it, uh, Kyle, do you got some like history on these attraction posters to kind of give us a little context into what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And as I did some research on this, I found some conflicting information about some of the dates that I'm about to say, but I think that I found enough that aligned. Uh, throughout the sources that this is the most truthful history that I could find without buying the most recent book that just came out, which I believe is titled The History of Attraction Posters in Disneyland, or it's like a it's like an wow. actual book of the posters with all of the history in it. And I wish I had it for this episode, mm-hmm. but uh, fortunately don't. So um, these posters arrived on the scene actually in 1956, the summer of 1956. And if you know anything about Disneyland history, they weren't open seven days a week when it first opened up. That first year was a little bit rough. Obviously, we know the nightmare of opening day. So not only was Tomorrowland not ready for opening day, but they obviously weren't going to have the attraction posters just yet. And so Walt and the team of Imagineers are like, we need something to entice folks to walk into this park and deeper, deeper, deeper. And what better way than to create almost like upcoming movie posters, but for the attractions that will really entice and grab them. So summer of 1956, they created uh, some for some of the original attractions. And the original attractions that had posters in that summer were the Santa Fe and Disneyland Railroad, the Jungle Cruise, the Red Wagon Inn, 
Tom Sawyer Island, The Golden Horseshoe Review, Casa de Fritos, Peter Pan's Flight, Dumbo, Mad Tea Party, Carousel, uh, Storybook Land Canal Boats, Mickey Mouse Club Theater, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Space Station X-1, Rocket to the Moon, and Autopia. Those were the original attractions that had posters that summer of 1956, some of which we're actually going to talk about uh, in this bracket. So, uh, Obviously, when you're a movie company and you come from a, a CEO and a president who is an artist at heart, uh, these are going to be the best of the best when it comes to design. And Walt hired Bjorn Aronson, who was one of the artists responsible for these OG posters. Uh, he based most of them off of concept drawings that Sam McKim drew. And Sam McKim is the creator of the Disneyland maps from the first day that they sold them in the parks and gave them away in the parks. He's the one that designed them. Uh, but Bjorn did these uh, original ones through silk screening, which was a very complex system back then. It's obviously like very go-to now, but back then this was like, well, we can add many different colors, give things a little bit of depth in our posters if we use this process. So they were put into three different places. We all know them from if you've ever seen Saving Mr. Banks, that they had them under the Mickey Mouse floral arrangement at the very front of the park through the turnstiles. But they actually also had them not only there, but at the Avenue of Flags in Tomorrowland, which was like the entrance to Tomorrowland. They had some lined up there, as well as at the Penny Arcade, which I didn't realize, but within that Penny Arcade that they had some of the attraction posters. And so between that summer of 1956, and then later on, 1987, only 32 posters were created. So these OG attractions kept their original designs, their original posters for a very long time. And as more attractions showed up through 1987, uh, more were created for them. And then 1959, so just a few years later, Disneyland was creating the monorail system. So monorail, Matterhorn, subs were all going to show up in 1959. So as they were putting these massive beams in the middle of the park for the monorail to kind of glide through, uh, they put up attraction posters on those beams. So that was another place that they put them so that it was this kind of coming soon, you're going to see this aerial train through the sky. Um, and then just wanted to make note that it wasn't just Bjorn, wasn't just Sam McKim. It was also artists like Claude Coates, who did the Alice in Wonderland attraction poster, Rolly Crump, who did the Flying Saucers uh, attraction poster, and then, of course, Mary Blair, who designed the It's a Small World attraction poster because she designed that attraction. Um, so that's a, that's a brief history. And since then, they create these attraction posters in a very similar style or at least a similar theme as they did back in 1959. And so I'm, I'm stoked that we're going to be able to talk about these uh, 16. But like I said, between 1959 or 1956 and 1987, there were 32 made. And then even since 1987, there's been a ton of attractions that have been added to the Disneyland park. So not all of them could fit within the 16. We've got a few that missed the dance. Chris, I'll let you get started first. What attraction posters missed the dance for you? Yeah, so um, all three of my missed the dance posters are in Tomorrowland. Um, those being the rocket jets, the Autopia and space station X one. I just think that looking at a lot of these posters and the era that they were created in, it kind of feels appropriate, uh, when you're thinking about Tomorrowland to kind of think about this style that is very sort of, um, uh, what's it called? Mid-century. Mid-century. Yeah. 
Um, totally. so, so I definitely, I, I definitely like those ones. I wish those ones were on the bracket, but I had to check out the Casa de Fritos poster yeah. that, because you mentioned it. Um, it's not very good. Uh, it's like, so <laughs> it's like some kind of, uh, you know, a uh, bandit guy with his back to the poster and he's got a gun in his holster. Of course. Uh, looking like there might be some trouble at Casa de Fritos that he's <laughs> about to walk into. Um, and then the little, the Frito, the Frito kid right. is in the corner and the Frito kid is uh, built like a fullback in the NFL. He basically, <laughs> if, if you take Tony the Tiger and give him proportionally large legs, that's yep. the Frito kid. Oh, uh, dude's absolutely jacked. I mean, this, <laughs> this guy belongs on a thickest Disney boy bracket for sure. One of oh, these man. days. I love that. Uh, Kyle, what, what are some Mr. Dance for you? Yeah, I have two of them. The first one is the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, uh, which exists in some form today this poster is incredible it has this kind of like orange background of a sunset and then you have the tree itself as it kind of looked like uh in the park obviously not that massive but it has the purple blooming flowers it has the different parts of the tree house it has the mill at the bottom that still existed during tarzan's tree house as well uh, and then right below it, you see a jungle cruise boat going by because at that time, you'd be able to see very well the jungle cruise boat going by the treehouse because Indiana Jones didn't exist yet. And that's what blocks it from the rivers now. So it's just a really creative way to be like, come see the treehouse and maybe you can even get to the treehouse by jungle cruise. Who knows? You're going to have to come and find out. But just the use of colors in this one is just so fantastic. I love it a lot. And then that second one for me was the Rainbow Caverns. And this is an attraction that just really fascinates me in general. There's a little homages to it in Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. As you go up that first lift hill on the left, you can see the pools of colored water. That's kind of paying homage to this attraction, which was a slow train ride through the Old West that you would go through these caverns and you would see these, whatever one goes down, stalactite, Lag tight, whatever Stalag tight, tight whatever down. one goes down. Uh, <laughs> you'd see them up above dripping down into the pools of colored. And this is such a great way to show that. But the background's completely black. So because it's a cavern, it's going to be dark in there. But you have the colors that you would be seeing, the yellows, the pinks, the purples of the cavern itself. And then to not take away from that focus, you have the outline of the train with passengers in it in a, in a lighter blue. So it's not quite drawing your attention. It's off to the left a little bit so you, that you know you're going to go on a train ride through. But what you really want to explore are these colorful, colorful caverns. And I think it's just such a great poster. It's something that I would really want to own, to be honest, uh, with 22 magnificent waterfalls and geysers. What an attraction. Would have loved to go on it. Eric and Melissa, are there any posters that you two came across that uh, you think should have maybe made the dance and just missed? Oh, I'm gonna double down on the Rainbow Caverns, Kyle. It's it's gorgeous. Y'all gotta look it up. Yeah. Um. You you it, you described it perfectly, Kyle. And I think it it's gonna be important for us to kind of walk our the listeners through what we're seeing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Y'all should definitely look these up. Here it's we are Rainbow with Ca- a visual bracket on an audio <laughs> format, of course. <laughs> this is beautiful. The colors are very. I don't know. The colors are very futuristic to me in a way, mm. but it's a, a natural uh attraction so i think there's something it's just very very beautiful the colors 
the contrast, the idea of an all black background. You're yeah. right. That would look sick on a wall. It's, it's yeah. almost concert. It's like neon. Band. Yeah, it's, it's right. neon. It's 80s. It looks futuristic. It's it's awesome. Go yeah. right next to my sublime black uh, neon sun poster that I would have had in 2009. Yeah, he still has it. Yeah, it's actually it's, right behind. It's there me. somewhere. Can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my personal favorite that missed the dance, I think, is Fantasyland. The the image with Mad pa- Mad Tea Party, Dumbo, and Carousel. Just it's a purple background with Dumbo flying and kids sitting in the back. And I love like the movement of the piece. It's got like the carousel on the bottom, and then the Tea Party right on the side, and Dumbo on top. And um, the colors are pink, blue, green, and white. Just very fun and. I like seeing the silhouettes of the people too. It just looks very fun. Um, although the, the people riding in Dumbo are kind of oh, yeah, scary. Yeah, why are those? Why are they there look like little clowns? dolls, <laughs> little <laughs> clown <laughs> kids. I don't know. Clown but. baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clown baby. Hashtag clown baby. Uh, and Chris, this poster kind of backs up that that little historical fact we found out about Dumbo that the attraction was supposed to be the pink elephants on parade. And now right. it's been turned into just a bunch of different Dumbos. But initially it was a concept that you're flying through his pink elephant's dream. And here you have yeah. the, the pink elephant. So that's kind of cool. What's weird to me on this one is that like Dumbo is drawn like perfect and he's got like shading underneath his cheek and his yeah. trunk and the people are just like, Cut. it's like that <laughs> meme of the horse that starts as like beautiful <laughs> and then it gradually gets like worse. Yeah. That's this poster. <laughs> Maybe because they're part of the Mad Tea Party or something, and they're just like their faces, their facial their features dolls. flattened yeah. out. Yeah, right, they look right. like they don't look like humans. They look they're like dolls or something. Yeah, they listen but, to yeah. that music loop one too many times. <laughs> <laughs> you listen twice and you turn into a clown baby. So watch out how many times you listen to that music loop. All right, Chris, we've we've talked about the miss the dance. It's time to introduce the bracket of sixteen. Let's go ahead and cue up that dramatic music. Apparently, there's only room for three. Coming in at number one, it's the Haunted Mansion poster. Yodeling its way into the two seed is the Matterhorn Bobsleds poster. The transportation of the future comes in at number three, it's People Mover. The first of its kind on the Western Hemisphere at the number four seed, it's the Monorail. Never look a gift whale in the mouth. Coming in at number five, it's Storybook Land Canal Boats. At the number six seed, where the birdies sing and the flowers croon, it's Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room. Unfortunately, this poster only has a front side. Coming in at number seven, it's the Jungle Cruise. Going straight to hell at the number eight seed is the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride poster. It doesn't take a weather eye to appreciate this poster. Coming in at number nine, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Soaring above London at the number 10 seed is the Peter Pan's Flight poster. Alice looking like she been to one too many tea parties. With the number 11 seed, we've got the Alice in Wonderland poster. Making your vacation a comfortable one at the number 12 seed is the Disneyland Hotel poster. It's the simple Blair Necessities at number 13. It's the It's a Small World poster. Soaring in a bucket above Tomorrowland is our number 14 seed, 
It is the Skyway poster. Diving into the 15 spot is the Submarine Voyage poster. And in the depths of the sea and in the depths of this bracket is our number 16 seed. It is the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea attraction poster. Alyssa and Eric, 16 fantastic posters. A lot of really great matchups. Are there any matchups on this bracket that you're looking forward to diving a little further into? Oh, they're all beautiful. This is this is really going to be a tough one. They are all works of art. Um, I guess it's going to just have to be purely subjective, this one. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to see the the quotes, like what they're choosing to to write as well. Like yeah. that's going to play, I mean, the Haunted Mansion one versus 20,000 Leagues. That's that's tough. They're both gorgeous. Yeah, they are. They are. And, you know, let's, let's talk about them. Let's hop in. And Chris, I'm going to give you this first matchup because I know you're a Haunted Mansion boy. So let's go ahead and talk about this. Uh, number one, Haunted Mansion, number 16, 20,000 Leagues. Let's hear it. Yeah. And, and I'm also a 20,000 Leagues under the sea boy. To <laughs> yeah, you are. being honest about it. But sea shanty guy over there. <laughs> let's talk. Let's just, for, first of all, let's just kind of talk, uh, talk through these posters, what they look like. Uh, yep. Haunted, Haunted Mansion poster uh, hangs in my apartment. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a beautiful one. It's definitely one of my favorites, uh, for a, for a haunted house poster. Uh, this one doesn't rely on a whole lot of black. It actually kind of relies on that green that you see on a lot of the, uh, like po- sign posts and lamp posts and stuff yeah. around the mansion, that dark foresty green, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you've got, uh, the haunted mansion itself on the hill, just the facade, no show building. So, uh, not a super realistic representation (laughs) of, of the ride building, but you know what? Uh, we might get some of that in just about all of these posters. Of course. Uh, the haunted mansion itself is just all green, more of a lime green color. It's on a grassy hill with our three hitchhiking ghosts, uh, in the foreground. Uh, Kyle, can you name the three? No, I knew you were going to ask me that. And I don't remember their names. Uh, their names are Gus, Phineas, and Ezra. That's uh, not Ezra, scary. Ezra's, Ezra's <laughs> the tall. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Like, they're they're names of like a, a mid mid turn of the century folk trio. Right. <laughs> yes, they it's are. Pr- they're approachable if you just know the I, names. Uh, we're uh, we're Ezra, Phineas, and Gus, and this here is uh, go tell it on a mountain. And where are the we're Mumford sons. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, Ezra's the tall, skinny, gaunt-looking skeleton one. Uh, Phineas is the uh, heavier set one with the little bag. And uh, Gus is the the tiny one that's very hairy. Uh, and you've also got some text on this poster. Uh, on the top line, it says, They've been dying to meet you at the... And you've got the Haunted Mansion word mark. And then at the bottom, in horrifying sight and sound, yeah. New Orleans Square. Uh, something that we get on all of these attraction posters, uh, save for the one that is not in the park itself, is the land that the poster or the land that the attraction is based in, which I think is kind of a really cool yep. uh, sort of semi unnecessary uh, mm-hmm. thing. If you think about it now, just because like we, we all we know where all these things are already, but totally um, at the time, I think it's cool. Yeah. Made sense. Yeah, and like you said, trying to drive traffic into other parts of the park, you go, oh, it looks like there's a few cool things in Nola Square. Let's let's head down there. Totally. Um, 
the the in horrifying sight and sound line is one that's particularly interesting. Uh, you you'd expect something like they've been dying to meet you, like okay, ha ha ha. Uh-huh. But the in horrifying sight and sound makes it sound like you know that we've got a real technological marvel on our hands. And yep. at the time, it, it really it was, was. to an extent. <laughs> it still it still is. You know, yeah. like it's a it's a fun house that uh, stimulates the senses in ways that other types of fun houses didn't. Um, mm-hmm. at that time so kind of a really cool uh piece of history tucked into this poster yeah um it's like you know when when movie posters are like in in glorious technicolor you know exactly like wizard of oz is gonna blow your mind because it's uh we got colors in it fantasia and fantasound wow wow yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty simple, pretty simple poster. Um, it's going up against 20,000 leagues under the sea. Uh, we've got a mostly black poster, uh, at the center, kind of off center, I guess, is the porthole looking out on the giant squid. Yeah. Um, there's a few people looking out the porthole, uh, see the giant squid from dot, 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 20,000 leagues under the sea. Tomorrowland, obviously, at the bottom. Uh, the, the, like one of my favorite parts about this one is that the twenty thousand leagues under the sea word mark is the same one from the uh, title sequence in the film. Yeah, um, it's very, very kind of um, nautical-looking font, almost the type of text that you'd see on like a treasure map. Uh, it's not completely um, like aligned perfectly. It, it looks like it's a little bit like out of not out of order, but it's not lined up. So it kind of gives like a personal handwritten maybe Mm, mm -hmm. feeling to it, Um, which is, you know, Captain Nemo's the captain of the Nautilus. And so he'd be charting his own maps up in here. So maybe, maybe his hand drew the 20,000 leagues under the sea word mark. Maybe. And do you know what this attraction was? Because I don't think we've ever really brought up the 20,000 leagues under the sea attraction. Yeah, I I I feel like we might have on the opening day Disneyland attraction oh, bracket because I think maybe. it was an opening day original, but uh, basically a walkthrough attraction that was meant to be a promotion for for the film. Right, uh, included props like Captain Nemo's organ mm-hmm. um, and uh, a replica squid encounter experience. Yeah. So uh, I mean, obviously the 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 thing that we kind of have to think about is like uh are these posters going to make me ride the attraction because like isn't that kind of the purpose of a poster is it's like marketing yeah. material yeah uh, print absolutely. marketing material and so um you see the giant squid from 20,000 leagues under the sea going up against they've been dying to meet you at the haunted mansion in horrifying sight and sound uh, just like from the language alone, I haunted mansion definitely gets an advantage in that department. Uh, I think I really appreciate, like I said, the, the text in the 20,000 leagues under the sea poster. I think the color is a little bit more interesting. The it's got like some bright pinks and reds and purples uh-huh. uh, up against black and that, uh, the blue of the ocean really stands out against kind of the dark uh, outer part of the poster. But the Haunted Mansion, I think the the hitchhiking ghost in the foreground uh, is what does it for me. I think mm. there's such a recognizable part of this attraction, even though they're really only in it for a split second. I mean, they're kind of the grand finale, if you want to think about it that way. But yeah. uh, 
you know, I, I really like that they are the thing that Disneyland leads with when they think about uh, the Haunted Mansion, as opposed to characters like the Corpse Bride or, you know, Madame Leota. Sure. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned, Haunted Mansion poster hangs in my apartment, so a 20,000 <laughs> league poster doesn't. Uh, for a first round matchup, I think I'm going to have to give it to the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. I One thing that I really appreciate about these attraction posters is that at the time of their creation, they definitely served as like a teaser trailer for the attractions. And what the Haunted Mansion one does very well is add mystery to to what already was mysterious. That facade had sat in the park for like eight years before the attraction opened. Like people didn't know what that old house on the hill was supposed to be or going to be until they put the sign out that was like, this is the haunted mansion and we'll be welcoming guests in X amount of years. And the poster doesn't give away what really is going to happen in the haunted mansion and it and you know that it's haunted you see that there are ghosts that want to meet you and this horrifying sight and sound sounds terrifying and that is all draw worthy what the 20,000 leagues under the sea poster does it shows its hand a little bit too early it's saying like come see the squid but i feel like that would be what you would want them to see as a surprise a little surprise and delight element where it's like Instead of see the giant squid from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, it's like, come see the XYZ, come, come live the journey of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And you're walking through and you, and it's a, you go through basically like a backlot tour before the backlot tours really took over because it was a lot of the movie sets and the props and all of that good stuff. But the big finale you would think is the massive squid prop that they used and here it is it's like yeah sure i would want to go see it if i see that it's advertised on the poster then yeah absolutely i'm gonna go see but what really resonates the most for me is that haunted mansion matches the mysteriousness of the attraction itself uh and i think it's just also laid out a little bit better than Twenty Thousand leagues that blue on the green pops a lot better than that blue on the black uh, it feels like this might have been they needed a tagline real quick and they're like, ah, better I just use the blue of the sea and throw Tomorrowland at the bottom of it. Even that Tomorrowland aspect kind of doesn't really feel like it fits with the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea story. Uh, so I'm definitely going to go with Haunted Mansion as well. Eric and Alyssa, any issues there? Any farewells for 20,000 Leagues? Uh, great points. Yeah. Uh- from a from an art perspective, I really love for Twenty Thousand Leagues just the the dynamic nature of the squid, and it's just a beautiful like it tells a story. There's people looking at this giant monster, but you're right, it does show its hands too early, and I think it would make a better book cover. I think because it mm. kind of it kind of leads you in like, oh, what's happening? As opposed to like you said, it says see the giant squid from. It's like all right, well, I'm already looking at it at this point. Um, <laughs> I already saint it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. It right now actually. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but then haunted mansion. I think also like you said the the three the three guys on there hitchhiking ghosts. There's like a nice translucence to it. There's I think because it's screen printed, you get that nice like kind of a see throughness that goes well with them being ghosts, and that's a really cool texture that's on there. I'm also a sucker for the Haunted Mansion typography, the oh, like sharp, the sharp so cool. um, 
uh, descender of the M and the T has a really sharp point and the yeah, I has a really sharp Cast like, iron, yeah. right, Chris? That cast iron cast grill iron, yeah. gate. Cast iron. <laughs> Yeah, I just love the typography on the Haunted Mansion poster too. So I think as a typographer, I would go for that one as well. So I agree. How about you, Eric? Yeah. Um, you made a good point, Chris, which is like there's like a not as much like dark blackness in this poster, but it's it's still it's spooky. I'm spooked. I'm totally yeah. spooked by this poster. And it's impressive to like spook me with blue and orange and green like um and i and i love the 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 hitchhikers here like i remember being a child and just being terrified of these guys right like yeah they're scary look look they're scary looking the one on the left what's his name again the top uh, phineas phineas i'm not afraid of him uh, the other two <laughs> the other two i will not mess with them they are they're very spooky so th- this would freak me out if i was a if i was in the 50s I'm, I'm running away. Sure. <laughs> I see the poster and I'm, I'm dropping my ticket. I'm leaving my children and I'm running out of the park. <laughs> All right. Uh, Phineas kind of looks like the coachman from Pinocchio. Oh, he does. Driving little kids to the oh, Pleasure right. Island, right? He does. He does. Maybe he was punished by being trapped in the haunted mansion for child trafficking in Pinocchio. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It's a no no. (laughs) All right. Honda Mansion moves on. Let's talk about this next matchup. It's number eight, the poster for Mr. Toad's Wild Ride versus the number nine poster for Pirates of the Caribbean. I have the Pirates of the Caribbean poster. It sits in my bathroom in my pirates themed bathroom here in my apartment, signed by Disney Best Bob, Bob Gurr, who helped design the ride vehicles across the park, including the boats for this attraction. Uh, so I'll, I'll just start there because I obviously have it. Obviously, big pirates guy. My Aloha shirt is Pirates of the Caribbean themed that I'm wearing currently. And what I really enjoy about this is that you have this very intimidating looking pirate. Uh, you have the next to it, the script says sail with the wildest crew that ever sacked the Spanish main. So you're going on some sort of adventure with these pirates or at least seeing them go on their adventure. The Pirates of the Caribbean uh, word mark is at the top. Pirates of the Caribbean has like six different word marks, and this is just one of them. But it's written on like a scroll or a banner that you might see at this time period. And then at the bottom, of course, it says New Orleans Square. Faintly in the background, you see a map of what looks like the Caribbean, but also kind of floats up into North America. You see Canada written out uh, right under the Pirates of the Caribbean word mark. Uh, you get the orange background of that of that map, kind of that that you know old paper type orange. Uh, you get the red pirate with the parrot on his shoulder, the red parrot, which isn't really there anymore. Uh, they kind of exist more as that like Barker bird in the current attraction at the front of the right when you walk through the doors yeah, of the yeah. of the ride, you see the parrot. The next to him is what we can assume is a treasure chest. Uh, so that's basically it. You see a pirate. He's got a gun in his hand. You see a lot of these imagery, uh, a lot of these notes of this poster within the attraction itself, obviously, being about pirates. Uh, but it doesn't tell you quite a lot uh, other than like maybe you're going to go see some pirates, which could very well excite you. It's very similar to the Haunted Mansion, except the Haunted Mansion just had a few more elements of mystery to it 
House on the Hill, the ghosts, the horrifying sights and sounds. Pirates of the Caribbean, it's like, come sail with the wildest crew. You're going to go on a crazy adventure. And I think that's appropriate for what you do encounter on that ride. And it would entice people, especially at something called New Orleans Square, which is really cool. It's up against Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And this is, man, do I love this this poster a lot. You have the uh, car mania-eyed toad on the front, motor mania car Mr. Toad, who has the uh, the the spirals in his eyes, yellow yellow eyes with the red spirals to show that he is just out of his mind. <laughs> you have his his head is kind of mounted within this circular. I I don't even know how you would describe that. It to looks be like honest. a tire. It looks like a wheel on a it does kind carriage. Of, oh, it does look like a wheel. Yeah, that's a really good point. With some like ornate drawing uh, above it, where it says Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Because you are like he is a an upperclassman within society of where the story takes place, so it gives that kind of Toad Hall feel in the faint background, uh, light green on dark green. The little quote that they have for this poster is: "Take a motor car to nowhere in particular, Mister Toad's Wild Ride." And of course, nowhere in particular is the song that plays in Wind of the Willows portion of the Adventures of. Ichabod and Mr. Toad package film. At the bottom, it's in Fantasyland, of course, with the Disneyland wordmark. But then the best part of this attraction is Mr. Toad in his motor car on train tracks driving into a train, which, of course, as we know in the attraction is how you die and go to hell <laughs> is yep. you get hit by a train. And so if you're seeing this for the first time, you're like, what is what what happens to Toad here? Am I just going to go kind of see Toad get hit by a train? Like, who is, <laughs> who who's who in this attraction? And I I really like that. I like that they added that because you could take away the train and, and Mr. Toad and this would be a phenomenal poster. Just with a crazed Mr. Toad with all this ornate design work around it his head's in the middle of what you've just kind of pointed out. It looks very much like a tire. Perfect. A lot of symbolism there. But then you add the train. And it's like, what does that, how? What does that have to do with it? Because he doesn't die and go to hell in the story, uh, in, the, in the package film, uh, not even in the book. So what could this all be all about? And you find out when you go on that attraction. Uh, I'm a huge Pirates boy, but I cannot deny the fact that the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride has that that teaser trailer aspect of it with the train and Mr. Toad riding straight into it with the center focus of Mr. Toad. Almost you're, you're being hypnotized by him just by looking at those yellow and red eyes. I love it. I think it's great. So I have the eight seed advancing over the nine seed here. Um. So uh, I think I believe it was uh, Coco Chanel who said uh, when talking about getting ready to go out and getting dressed up, she said, before you leave, take off take one, one piece jewelry. Yeah. That's how I feel about this Mr. Toad poster. Oh. Um, and I know you love the uh, train on the train tracks and I understand why. I um, mean, it is funny. 
but it feels like just there was one too many things on here. And I do some like photoshopping for my job and I find myself doing that. Like I'll, I'll say what's wrong. Like, why don't I like this? And then I'll like take something off and be like, okay, actually now it's good. I just had too many things on here. Um, so while I think the train versus toad does tell kind of a funny story, um, and tease at something that's going to happen in the ride, uh, it feels a little bit kind of thrown in there last minute. Uh, and specifically this train light, uh, shining onto Toad uh-huh. uh, looks like a four-year-old's attempt at drawing <laughs> light in a in a drawing. Uh, it's sure. just a it's simple triangle uh, where, like, guarantee if they make this poster today, they do something a little bit different with that light to make it look a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Um, do love the crazy toad eyes. Uh, that part's definitely funny. I'm going to go with Pirates of the Caribbean. I think this is just a very simple type poster. Love the Sail with the Wildest Crew line that is included on it. Um, the color palette is really interesting. Uh, very earthy, very sort of uh, like not necessarily pretty uh, because this attraction isn't, you know, a beautiful boat ride it's kind of tough um, yeah. and that's kind of how i feel when i look at this one so i'm going with pirates of the caribbean that means listen eric you're breaking your first tie here yeah great great discussion i i agree with your point it mr toad's wild ride feels very busy and i think that train while it does give a little teaser about what to expect on the ride it it just feels very chaotic and unnecessary to have that and I mean, even the the typography of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, like the title and all the fonts they use, I really like that style. But with the ornate like plant flora fauna behind it, it does feel very like, I don't know, chaotic and like (laughs) not simplified enough for my taste. Like the legibility is kind of compromised a little bit for me. Mm. Um, I wish maybe it was like it blends in with the background more these like designs because then you can't really read like the the um scripty type in front of it so um i do like the the toads mr toad's face in the middle being like the focal point but yeah it just feels everything around it is just a little bit too much versus pirates um yeah the the contrast is on point it's all very legible and i like how it does have the map in the background very faintly because it kind of tells a pirate story there. Um, I think too, this is one of the few posters in this assortment where it's like a different animation or drawing style. Like it's very etchy and sketchy and like, um, uh, like almost like a wood carving kind of feel Mm. versus like a flat mid-century design. So I think for that reason, I would choose, I would agree pirates, um, pirates would be my vote because of those stylistic choices and just, it very it's fitting with the ride as well. Um, I don't think I've ever been on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, but this one is just very recognizable. If you've been on the ride, you you would expect this poster to encapsulate it. So, what do you think, Eric? <laughs> I agree. Um, so we will advance Pirates of the Caribbean. I just want to say, and please cut this if if it needs to be cut. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite parts of this is his sail with the wildest crew that ever sacked the Spanish maid, right? Like, yeah, you got to give it up for that, right? Like, <laughs> the pirates that took out the Spanish maid, okay, like, okay. you got to fight the colonizers, yeah. come on, <laughs> come 
don't know. I love that idea though. Like, like, yeah, that, that makes me like, yeah, let's check out the pirates of the fucked up the Spanish empire. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a bird. There's a bird. Okay. Y'all I love a good pair. You do. Yeah. You are the <laughs> bird guy. Squawker. The resident bird guy. So of <laughs> yeah. course. Of just course. send any if if folks have bird questions they can just at me at <laughs> just, just ask all bird questions over here oh man all right Good pirates stuff. moves on all right let's move on to the next matchup it's the number four monorail poster versus number 13 it's a small world and this is a phenomenal matchup we've got two great posters here uh the monorail poster is um there there is definitely is a lot going on in this one too uh it is mostly gray uh with the red mark three i think was the first one yeah uh monorail kind of coming around the bend in front of uh the matterhorn which would make it like be coming into station would you say Um, that she'd be coming around the mountain it it be coming around the mountain it do when she comes yeah when it comes yeah uh text <laughs> reads disneyland alweg monorail system uh, kyle refresh my memory what is alweg it's the german company that they basically hired to design the the system of monorail and then they allowed bob Gurr to kind of go crazy with how it actually looks so alweg is the the partner company to make this whole happen so it reads disneyland alweg monorail system monorail uh semi-redundant uh and then (laughs) underneath it says first in america exclamation mark which is uh factually correct it was the first daily operating monorail system i believe in the whole western hemisphere yep Um, at least that's what they claim you know disney's got that america first agenda so they want they just simplified it and said in america totally uh on the bottom text reads board via speed ramp in tomorrowland or disneyland hotel station uh, but what's interesting is that uh, the words board, speed ramp, Tomorrowland, and Disneyland Hotel Station are very large, uh, yeah. where via, in, and or are very small. Um, I, I don't think I like that very much. Uh, <laughs> when when you have a sentence that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words, and you put emphasis on four of those words, it, it loses its emphasis altogether. <laughs> sure. Uh, pick a word pick one word to emphasize y'all <laughs> um, I do like the red of the monorail standing out against that gray background um, and the other colors white maybe a little sky blue a little uh, dark blurpily navy mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. um, kind of matches that fa- like that red white and blue America theme like first in America yeah. so here's yeah. our red white and blue poster for yeah for the monorail uh, in the background, you've got the rocket jets, obviously the Matterhorn, and what looks like maybe Carousel. Carousel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Looks like it. Yeah, I mean, I love me a good transportation ride, and I think <laughs> this monorail poster is is a classic, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Going up against Mary Blair herself. Oh, man. <laughs> with the It's a Small World poster and its famous tagline, Join the happiest cruise that ever sailed around the world. A um, bunch of little kids in little different uh, outfits of the world holding up that sign all together. Uh, presented by Bank of America. This is uh, <laughs> this is our first attraction p- 
poster on this bracket that mentions the sponsor in it. Um, then of course on the bottom reads fantasy land. So, uh, Alyssa, you might need to help me with this one, but, uh, is this, is this what you call using negative space, uh, when you've got all the white around it? Yeah, it's, it's like the, yeah, there's a lot of white space around it. I guess white space would be the word. Yeah. Okay, so so we've got tons of white space here, um, and so the design itself really, really stands out. Uh, it feels really simple. Clean is a good uh, word that you might use when you describe this one, and I, I think that word's probably thrown around a little bit too much when it comes to graphic design, but, but this feels like a, a relatively clean poster up against... So many of these posters that are very busy. Uh, yeah, so totally. when I see this, it's a small world poster. I, I feel a sense of stillness that I don't feel when I look at a lot of these other ones, um, which is ironic for a ride that is constantly moving um, along <laughs> the along the water flume. Yeah. Um, it's a small world in, in black uh, text. The weight of the font is relatively small or light, I should say. Um, and that's great. Uh, you've got, lo- it's a small world stylized in all lowercase letters. There's no capitals, uh, which is kind of uh, a unique and very interesting aspect of the naming of that attraction. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think, I think like this, this is just a really great poster um, all around. I, I don't have anything to say about it. Um, I'm not zoomed in on the little kids outfits though. So there might be some problematic stuff inside <laughs> there, but uh, I, I can't see that well. So I can't speak on it in this moment. Um, I'm going to, I would love to go with my transportation ride bias here, but I have to give it up for Mary Blair and go with the upset with the, it's a small world poster. I'm just very, like I say, still and um, kind of peaceful looking symmetrical. Uh, and that's uh, a rare feature in in this field of posters yeah i'm gonna agree with you with the upset here i'm gonna go it's a small world i love the monorail poster but i feel like they were trying to do maybe a little bit too much with it i and and i understand what a big momentous occasion it was to bring something that is the first in the united states to disneyland but i think they could have done it just as effectively as some of the like other transportation posters, even like the Santa Fe Railroad one that didn't make this bracket. And I think honestly, like this feels very, have you ever seen like a TWA poster, like from the, from Mm -hmm. mid-century, like the old airline? Yeah. Very similar to this where it's a lot of like grays, reds, blues. They want to show movement. They want to show that this is a, a system that you can rely on to get from point A to point B. But I feel like what should be the most important is like this is a the first of its kind like forget the matterhorn forget tomorrowland this is a a train that hasn't been in america yet and then later on like literally 4 years later i believe you get the one up in seattle for the world's fair which still exists today but i agree it's small world is is just such a classic poster and it really embodies what that attraction is and i'll dive more into why i think that uh, next time. But Eric and Alyssa, do you agree with our pick here? Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I really like the simplicity of it's a small world. I do want to call out that all of the kids are ha- like have the same skin color, which yeah. is kind of ironic because it's supposed to be about diversity. But I think I'll, I'll uh, blame that on the the style of like screen printing and probably the color limitations they have with like how how diverse they can get with skin tones. 
um, because it is like four colors, I think, that are in this poster. Um, yep. I also want to share a typography fun fact is these quotation marks are actually incorrect. Nope. Oh, <laughs> um, no. Usually the quote, like those are, well, I guess they're technically still quotes, but usually the like open quote, like the quotes in the beginning mm-hmm. look like sixes. So these ones are kind of like upside down oh. nines or backwards nines, but usually the weight of that circle in the quote shape is at the bottom. And oh. the one at the end quotes are at the top. Um, so t- these aren't technically correct mm. quotation marks, but I will let that slide because I do like the typography use and it was maybe an artistic choice. I don't know. I trust, I trust Mary Blair. Um, but yeah. <laughs> With my I, life, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Alyssa, we can't go anywhere. We can't see a billboard. We can't see a menu. We can't see anything. Technically, the kerning. Technically, like the <laughs> it's a lovely, lovely hey. thing to go anywhere with her because hey. yeah. we get this sort of history, the technicality. I love it, though. I think it's awesome. To- thousand percent. Absolutely. Uh, Chris and I are the same with anything sports design and sports social. And we'll call that thing out real fast when somebody's done something that is against against style guide. All right. Let's talk about this next matchup. It's the number five storybook land canal boats versus the number 12, the Disneyland Hotel. Welcome to Mouse Madness podcast, the Disneyland Hotel, a topic that I am fascinated by, especially because Disneyland didn't own this hotel until way later in its history not until the late 70s even no sorry middle of the eisner era so late 80s early 90s they didn't actually even have control of this Uh, they basically just licensed the name disneyland hotel out to the rather corporation who i believe is loosely connected to what we know now as marriott don't hold me to that i could be completely wrong Uh, but rather corp had a ton of hotels And when Disneyland popped up, he was like, I got to build one. Can I buy the name Disneyland from you, license it out so that I can be the Disneyland Hotel? And Walt was like, yeah, I'm absolutely broke right now from building this park. So of course you can. So we have this attraction poster. I wish that I had looked into the date of this attraction poster and about when they created it. But I think that it is safe to say, actually, we know it's like it was there for what? What did I say? The summer of 56. Uh, but we know it's early Disneyland because in this poster, you have the two experiences that you will be able to encounter by staying at the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, at the top triangle, it's blue. Uh, you have Disneyland itself. And you know that it's an early Disneyland because you have the what was then called the Indian Village out on the left. Uh, You have the pirate ship in the middle because there was a pirate ship in Fantasyland. And so you can kind of and the avenue of flags on the very right in Tomorrowland. So you know that this is an early poster, which is very cool. And then the bottom triangle, you have the Disneyland Hotel, which was really just like a motel at the time. You see that it's one single level. You have the cars that are driving up to it. You have the pools in the back. uh, and, And in the middle of this poster is the stay at Disneyland Hotel, the convenient leisurely way to visit Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. So you have the two triangles with the point meeting at the middle, the green overruns the hotel portion, the blue overruns the Disneyland portion. And on either ends of that midsection of these connecting triangles, you have an up pink arrow and a down pink arrow on this kind of like off-white background. 
saying that you can go from each one and this is going to be your your stay. You're going to be able to have a vacation, a leisurely vacation at the hotel and a fantastical one at Disneyland. And I think that's super cool. Such a great way to show that these two are kind of in harmony together. And at the bottom, you have the details that are kind of included in any sort of hotel advertisement, especially at that time. So this is what offers at the Disneyland Hotel. Restaurant, shops, swimming pool, playground. Open seven days a week. So it's a great ad that you can see within the resort itself. That if you saw this somewhere in Anaheim, then you would know that like, oh, there's a hotel that is like the most ideal one to stay at at the Disneyland Park uh, because you can see that it's connected somehow. And later on, it is connected because they connect it by a monorail. At that time, it was tram. And you can kind of see the the pink overhang is where that little tram would kind of pull up to and oh, bring you off. Okay. Uh, but look at some old photos of Disneyland Hotel. It's fascinating how that has kind of evolved over the years. So that's a 12 seed. It's up against the number five, which is Storybook Land, uh, Storybook Land Canal Boats. But in this poster, it's just Storybook Land. So we have a yellow poster. We have Monstro the Whale, which is the icon of this attraction. Mouth open with the little Storybook Land boat going through it. Uh, and above it, you have Gateway to Enchantment, Storybook Land. At the bottom, you have Fantasyland. Storybook Land is in this pink with this like white stroke around it. The lettering is very, I want to say, medieval-ish, like uh, fairy tale-ish. You might see that on like the front of one of the Disney like Disney fairy tale books yeah. in that kind of font. Uh, so they're really leaning into what is this medieval storytelling, but. Then you have Fantasyland and what I like looks like Legoland font down at the bottom there, <laughs> where they were like, uh, "We wasted all of our energy stylizing Storybook Land. Let's go ahead and just plaster what Fantasyland at the bottom there." You got a lot of blues, you got a lot of pinks, you got a little little aquas, and ironically, the aqua isn't the water; it's the boat itself, and the water is yellow. Uh, it's shows you that you're going into the mouth of the whale and and from that perspective when you're actually walking up to the attraction you don't really see what's on the other side this is what you see you see boats going into the whale and then like who knows what happens on the other other side of that but like none of this none of this in this poster says gateway to enchantment what the the whale's mouth is the gateway to enchantment like there's this dissonance within the fantastical and then the angriest looking whale that is swallowing up its guests. It, it feels like this is part horror po- poster, part fantasy land poster. It just doesn't. It just doesn't sit with me. I kind of wish that it was a boat floating by the hills of the miniature castles and, and villages that you go through. But instead, of course, and I get it, it's. And it's uh, there's some mystery behind this. Why are they, where does this boat go if it goes into the whale's mouth? But it just doesn't make sense to me completely, uh, especially just with the wording of gateway to enchantment. That does, this none of this tells me enchantment. So just based on that, I love the layout and design and the flatness of the hotel poster. And this was one that I have discovered very recently, and I think it's just 
it's just a stunning poster. So I'm going to go with the Disneyland Hotel poster and an upset. Uh, have I told you the story of when I got thrown up on in the queue for Storybook Land? <laughs> you've told me personally, but I don't think you've told the podcast. So go ahead and let them hear. It. Oh, well, the, the queue for Storybook Land is not great. It is basically um, just a... Uh, switchbacks, switchback, uh, chain yep. link, chain link, tight, close switchbacks. Yep. Um, it was actually a, a overcast day. I don't think it was raining, but it was like maybe going to rain. Um, I was, I was just waiting in line, minding my own business. Uh, and I heard what sounded like someone pouring oh, out a bottle no. of water oh, uh, no. in the queue behind me. And I felt it sort of splashing onto my legs um, and I was like, oh, someone's pouring out their water bottle in a very inconvenient place. And I turned around and there was probably a 13-year-old girl uh, just keeled over and just Ugh. turkey leg coming up the <laughs> wrong end. Uh, so, um, yeah, I just figured I'd share that with everyone. Uh, so hope much. you enjoyed that story. Book, Thanks, Chris. Land. My quickles yeah. were already not sitting <laughs> very well. That's good. <laughs> Um, when I look at this storybook land poster, I think a few things. Number one, I think, um, Kim Kardashian, uh, blowing champagne onto her butt because the storybook land, a whale, uh, Monstro has a, uh, water, I get, I guess water <laughs> oh, coming yeah. out of his I, blowhole and splashing his own tail ass. So <laughs> very ass. similar, very similar vibes. Uh, yeah. You mentioned the yellow water, which I mean, we don't have to talk about how gross that aspect is, but yep. if you look closer at the poster, you can see all the water in Monstro's mouth is blue. Uh, that's feels inconsistent and kind of <laughs> odd. Uh, you, you, you have these like, what do they call it? A golly wobbler, a uvula? Oh, <laughs> golly wobbler. You've never heard the term. Go oh, my I God. Think got so. me right in the golly wobbler. <laughs> oh, man. Nope. Definitely haven't heard that. All right. We'll use uvula for, for <laughs> the uh, uninitiated in, in golly wobbler. Um, and he's got he's got like this pink outline of a golly wobbler. And he's got these like uh, mouth lines yeah. and, and this looks like someone opened up microsoft paint and was like oh no we forgot some detail on the inside of his mouth give him a little golly wobbler and some mouth lines <laughs> and they did it freehand in one take and then just sent it to be printed uh, yeah. it looks terrible don't like it uh i don't like yellow it's probably my least favorite color hmm. uh and and there's a lot of that here so i'm agreeing with you with disneyland hotel uh, Alyssa and Eric, how do we feel about this? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I was team storybook land before I heard these arguments. I think it's <laughs> composition wise, very like intriguing and like yeah. going into a whale's mouth. Yeah. The colors really great example of using, um, like the primary color palette. Cause it's pink, blue, and yellow. Um, but, uh, in terms of like it being related to the ride and being an attraction. It doesn't really tell a clear story. Um, and Disneyland hotel, I really love the, the illustrations. Um, it was a little too literal for me having like the arrows pointing at Disneyland ah. hotel to magic kingdom. And it bothers me that the hotel and Disneyland hotel, the H is like not capitalized. <laughs> like it's like a weird, I don't know. It doesn't look like a real letter to me, but, um, huh. but I'll, I'll agree. I think I think it's a beautiful piece of artwork. 
um, the colors they use in the Disneyland hotel poster are really, really nice. What do you think, Eric? Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think that the, the whale looks a little like it just, the proportions are off to me. Hmm. Um, did we already talk about how this is sperm whale? <laughs> no, we have not talked about that yet. But. Monstro, folks, is a sperm whale. You got to look up this poster because there's something coming out of the blowhole and this is sperm whale. Uh, sperm whales aren't called sperm whales for the reasons you think they are, folks. Oh. But I'm just, Chris, I'm just pointing. I'm just saying this is a sperm whale and there's water coming out of its blowhole. That's all I'm saying. Uh, thank just, you. The audience can look at this on their own and they can decide what's going on. With this whale, again, uh, the te- like, yeah, I agree with you guys. Like, it looks really scary. Sperm whales aren't scary. Like, they're not a <laughs> dangerous whale. Like, typically, if you're if you're like on a boat and you see a whale and it's like a dangerous whale, it's not a. I just think that this is it's doing a, a bad thing for the general mm. general public, and it's not properly educating <laughs> them about the, the kindness of a, a sperm whale. Yeah, that um, scientifically correct movie Pinocchio really yeah. uh, not represented <laughs> they're, here. They're off. Like <laughs> they, yeah, people don't turn the donkeys. It's just <laughs> it's not correct. Um, the Disneyland Hotel. It, it makes me want to go. Like, yeah. and that's the point of these, right? Like, it, it makes it look. It makes the Disneyland Hotel look super fun. Like, look at those trees. The trees are like a, a mm. dark navy blue with with like pink flowers i love these color combinations too throughout all of these posters but like yeah. this this like really light pink with this green very 70s and then the the dark blues with the pinks and the light blues it's just really clever so i'm on board i'm here for it all right then let's hop over to the other side of the bracket where we got the number two seed matterhorn bobsleds versus number 15 submarine voyage uh I know I mentioned the Haunted Mansion poster hanging in my apartment now. The Submarine Voyage poster hung in my bedroom when I was a little kid. Oh. Uh, I, I didn't get like a real one. I basically just printed off a picture on the computer and put it in a frame <laughs> I got from like Kmart. And I was like, Don't, this is the best I'm going to get right now. So uh, this will have to do. Um, the Submarine Voyage poster reads, Explore Uncharted Seas, Submarine Voyage through liquid space mm. Tomorrowland on the bottom uh, we've got a lot of uh, teals blues purples um, and there's a little there's a little pop of red with maybe some coral uh, yeah. at the bottom here you've got the submarine itself going from foreground to background making it look very large uh, and and something that I, I have not noticed until this very moment, you can see little people looking through the peepholes. Uh, yeah, we just saw. Oh uh, yeah, they, I, they look terrifying. I had no well, they're idea. Smelling the farts of all the other children. On the, on the <laughs> they submarine, look like so. they look like their like souls got trapped in the submarine, and now they've become part of the submarine. Like you have to look yeah, through people's yep. faces in order to they're, see outside. They're a the part of the crew, part of the part ship. Of the ship. <laughs> Uh, pirates dudes or they're uh, they they oh they remind me of the um, faces from uh, what's it called the uh, the where Arya Stark goes in Game of Thrones when she's chopping people's faces off uh, sure house of black and white boom there it is <laughs> uh, been too long since I watched Game of Thrones might have to give it a rewatch anyways um, the the inclusion of the mermaids is important here um, because that is a major 
element of the submarine voyage. Yeah. Uh, seeing the mermaids, like that's the moment where your submarine captain goes, all right, this is too much. We've seen your mermaids. We're going back up to the surface before we see a sea monster. Uh, this is this is crazy down here. So I like that they make a little cameo appearance on this poster. Um, you've got some kind of like what look like water, like wavy lines going mm-hmm. in the foreground uh, that give it a little bit of depth, which I really like because some of these posters can come off very, very flat. Um, yeah. And this submarine voyage one is is nice and deep, uh, which is cool. Uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, realistic depictions of the rides on here. Uh, submarine voyage does not go completely underwater. Uh, right. it, it, it hangs out right in the surface half half and half. Yep. Uh, your so face is underwater, if you're, but... And like the only reason I bring that up is because like there could be little kids looking at these posters, you know, and they go, we're going under, like, according to the poster, we're going underwater. So <laughs> I don't want to ride that ride. And look at these people's faces in these portholes. Yep. They don't look like they're having a good time. So <laughs> I think I might be scared to go on this ride. Um, going up against the Matterhorn, which there is uh, some interesting stuff going on with this Matterhorn poster. Race through alpine passes and ice caverns in Matterhorn bobsleds. You've got the Matterhorn in the background um, and you've got some folks uh, bobsledding into the foreground. You've got a waterfall on the right side, which does exist on the Matterhorn attraction. Um, The ride vehicles, super unrealistic. This looks (laughs) like this looks like a three person bobsled contraption that like is just not how the ride vehicles are set up. Uh, we've got a little, what looks like a little bit of ethnic diversity on this uh, this attraction poster. The folks uh-huh. uh, are not white like clowns like they are in the Fantasyland Dumbo poster. <laughs> These people are definitely dark-skinned humans. Yeah. Uh, whether that was unintentional intentional or just like a print, the way the print came out, uh, we don't know. Uh, one of the women does have like bright blonde hair too, <laughs> but I guess the, the ride vehicle is yellow. They're trying to save on ink. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to speculate. Um, I don't know. Something about the Matterhorn poster, I don't like the color combination. I've never Mm. been a really big fan of the red and yellow color combo. There might be some science behind that. Um, But like anytime I see red and yellow, it's just like, eh, don't like it. Reminds me of McDonald's. And I I mean, no disrespect to McDonald's. I love love some (laughs) McDoo. But I don't know. They cornered the market on the red and yellow color combo for me. And I just can't, I just can't unsee it. Um, And then when you throw in that kind of dark Navy into the red and yellow, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, this isn't a super pretty poster to me. Um, I think I'm going to go with the submarine voyage one here. Uh, I do think that there's maybe some wasted space on the submarine voyage poster in the bottom right hand corner. But, uh, I, like I said, this one hung in my bedroom when I was a teenager. So I'm going with, I'm going with my strong bias on this one. You mentioned that the submarine doesn't go completely underwater and that you looking at this poster may think that it would go underwater. And Chris, let me tell you that when I was a kid, I thought it went underwater and I did not want to go on this attraction. <laughs> I was terrified of this attraction. I remember having a little little kid panic attack the first time going on this attraction because I was like, we're going underwater in a submarine. That cannot be safe. 
why am I going on this right now? It was be probably because of this poster, at least in in part, I would say. But what I I'm not a huge fan of, and and the mermaids. There's mermaids underwater uh, in that original attraction. Now it's Nemo's Hotbox Adventure, and you don't really get a ton of that. But at that time, you definitely got the the mermaids. And at the time of this attraction opening, you had the the liter like real people mermaids that sat on the rocks above the surface. Right. So even as right. you're walking up to the attraction, you see mermaids uh, who had to get out of there because the diesel fuel of the submarines were not the greatest to breathe in for your four-hour shift in the sun in the diesel-soaked water. So they had to get rid of the real people uh, mermaids, but include them still in the attraction in animatronic form. I'm not a huge fan of this poster because for what the ride actually is, this feels way too serious. The original Hmm. ride attraction submarine, you go through and it's very goofy. Like nothing super realistic. You have like the the ruined temples of Atlantis that you discover, but the fish that you go through go by are these like really bug eyed, goofy fish. You see the mermaids, and he says like, "Let's get back up there before we see a sea monster." And then you see a sea monster, and it's very cartoonish, goofy looking sea monster. Uh, I would almost prefer to see the the squid from Twenty Thousand Leaks if I were to. See a poster like this, which takes itself extremely seriously, at least in my point of view, uh, for what the attraction actually is. So I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm a very big fan of the Matterhorn because I think that you you don't get to see when you're looking at the attraction anything that's happening inside the mountain. And that's true here as well. You see the people coming running out of the mountain. And that's what you see when you walk up to the attraction but they're obviously coming out of the tunnel of the mountain and they're all smiling. They're having fun. It entices me to go also on this adventure through the Alpine passes and ice caverns. I want to see what's up with those ice caverns. Uh, you get the the waterfall and you get that in the actual attraction as well. It's a lot smaller than what that is, but you roar past some, some uh, waterfalls as well. It's not necessarily correct in how you go around the mountain as far as what this attraction looks like but it is in fantasy land and you're you're going on this fantastical adventure that would be like you're going down the Matterhorn mountain I love this poster a lot I'm going with the two seed which means that listen Eric are breaking a tie okay so I'll say what I like first. I, I personally do like the Matterhorn poster as well. I'm looking at this and I, and I hear you, Chris, about the red and yellow. Like I, I, I it does kind of, it's the first thing that grabs my attention. But for me, it makes me think that the bobsleds are moving fast. Like that's what that color communicates is that hmm. like traveling quickly through time. Hmm. And that's a huge contrast to the just folks, the like you got to check this out. Like the Matterhorn just looks gorgeous here. Like I'm very drawn, always been really drawn to the mountain, the mystery of the Matterhorn. I think that's why this is such an awesome attraction is it makes the mountain look really massive. It makes it look like it's got all these different ridges and there's like areas that are really steep. And um, yeah, it just communicates the environment of the Alps in a really kind of intriguing way for me. Um, the waterfall is spectacular. It really kind of captures the the water as it's falling, right? Because water doesn't stream necessarily. Not when it's this cold, it kind of disperses like that. It's really sure. cool. Um, and then there's like some details of the ice that are kind of wacky, like 
that don't necessarily understand, but I, I, I really like this one. I think it, it, it kind of captures Switzerland in a cool way. It kind of captures this winter wonderland with mystery and also captures that you're moving fast. Right. Mm. And, and I got a one up for the, for the people of color. We got, we got some BIPOC <laughs> folks here. They're rocking some, they, sh- they would be cold. Like this, one of this people, one of these people is, uh in like a short sleeve dress like, yeah girl you could be cold you're gonna you're gonna be, you're gonna be chilly you, up there you might want to put a little jacket on there yeah put something know. on there and that I'm guy trying. would lose his hat that hat's gone <laughs> hat's gone i don't know what's happening with the hat either it's got a bow <laughs> and, and a visor um i can't really see there's another there's two bobsleds here as well the second one is harder to see the people but they're also this is a just a like a, a Latino family who came to this <laughs> land for the holidays and they jumped on the Matterhorn just because like they're, they're, this is where they're going to get their Swiss vacation. Sure. So sure. Uh, I don't know about you, Lista, what are you thinking? No, yeah, I'm team Matterhorn for sure. Even though the um, submarine voyage is just a beautiful piece of art, like like just looking at it, it's beautiful. But in terms of getting you into the ride, um, Matterhorn, <laughs> Matterhorn represents the ride the best i think and um it's very swiss design and fonts um also fun fact about red and yellow they are used to invoke hunger or anxiety so maybe chris that's kind of what you're feeling and that's why a lot of fast food places use red and yellow to to make you psychologically maybe um wanting something to be desired (laughs) to eat um so yeah i love i think yeah matterhorn is just a great great design poster um Although I am noticing on all these Fantasyland posters, the Fantasyland wordmark is different for all of them, yeah. which is weird. Like, I don't know, Tomorrowland and, and um, Adventureland and Pioneerland all have like the same logo for their lands, but mm-hmm. Fantasyland's always different. So, but this one I really like. So, matter yeah. for sure. Yeah, that is definitely an interesting call out. And it's, I think, a product of time. Matterhorn came years mm-hmm. after Disneyland opened. It's also just, I think, some inconsistencies in in style, just in general, across a lot of these posters. Maybe trying to do a little too much or doing a little too little in case of Storybook Land Canal Boats, where it looks like Legoland. So uh, we'll move the Matterhorn on. Let's talk about this next matchup. Uh, It is the number seven Jungle Cruise and number 10 Peter Pan's Flight. Chris, this is an easy one for me. Uh, It's definitely going to be Jungle Cruise. Uh, Let's talk first about Peter Pan's Flight. You have a dark blue background and you have the words Peter Pan at the top. It's partially blocked by the ride vehicle, the flying uh, pirate ship. And there's a family of folks in that uh, pirate ship. One of the little kids, maybe two of them, look like they're dressed as pirates themselves. And they are flying with little sparkles of what you can assume are pixie dust through the sky of London because below you have a nice little outline of Big Ben but what's interesting about this poster is it feels like the the ride vehicle art was probably for something like a map or or other promotional materials that they blew up, put on this, and they're like, shoot, <sighs> draw Big Ben so that they, you know that they're flying. And I guess uh, let's advertise the other things that are in Fantasyland. Forget it. So not only is like this poster not incorporating the name of the attraction, it's just Peter Pan, but then you also have enjoy the exciting adventures of Snow White, Peter Pan, Mr. Toad in the bottom left corner. But you see no other representations of Snow White or Mr. Toad 
on this poster. One of the Miss the Dance was that Dumbo one, but it said Dumbo, Mad Tea Party, and Storybook Land, I think, was the other one. Uh, and so you had the representations of each of those within the poster with Dumbo at the forefront. Not here. You just have the name. So if you see this poster, are you flying on a pirate ship over London on your way to see vignettes from Snow White, Peter Pan, and Mr. Toad? You get on and find out that it's actually a 30-second ride through Peter Pan. You're like, where was Snow White and, and Mr. Toad? It's a little false advertising here, and I'd like to sue Disney for it. If, let's all lawyer up and sue Disney for the false advertising of this Peter Pan poster. And so it's it's that reason where it's vague and there's some mystery that makes me want to be like, how is this pirate ship floating? I kind of want to see how that pirate ship is floating. Am I going to go on and, and see Snow White and Mr. Toad? Maybe I should go find out. It feels like a lazy attempt to do a little too much with a little little time. I do like the pink fantasy land on the blue background. I think that that really looks nice, especially with the pink sails of the pirate ship and the some of the clothing that the passengers are wearing. But it's up against Jungle Cruise, which at the time of this poster, they didn't really have a name for. So it's called Jungle River. So the the tagline of this is for true life adventure, ride the Jungle River. It has a yellow background. You have very clip arty uh, like trees and foliage that are in the, the midground, And in the background against the yellow, you have this massive elephant. And in front of the foliage, you have a hippo with a little bird resting on one of his teeps. Eric, can you tell me what bird that is just by looking at this little drawing here? Uh, bird um, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I could, I could tell you, that, I mean, people know this, but they, they do that because they pick off all the little parasites in there. So, right. Yeah, it's right, stuff. right, right. Uh, and up against the, the hippo is a Jungle Cruise boat, specifically the Congo Queen, in this like brownish water, which I, I love because natural water of these jungles is definitely brown. And what's interesting about this is you have uh, the captain, the skipper, who's dressed kind of like a naval, like, seaman like he has the blue striped shirt and the the white kind of sailor's hat and then you have what kind of looks like a little kid in a cowboy hat ready to cap that that hippo and you know in the ride like at that time the captain would shoot the hippo to stop it from attacking your boat but in this instance you have the little kid pointing a gun what looks like straight at this hippo which i think is an interesting way to advertise it I think it's mostly because they didn't quite know what this ride was going to be yet. The For True Life Adventure Ride the Jungle River is fantastic if you know your Disney and Disneyland history because Adventureland was built on the back of Walt's True Life Adventure series, which was the first like animal quote-unquote documentaries that had really ever been produced. And so he wants to bring you into these true life adventures, which was the name of that documentary series in a land. And so in order to do so, you can see some snippets from some of your favorite documentaries on this jungle river in Adventureland. Adventureland font, love it. Love everything about this poster. I have this poster as a magnet on my fridge, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Uh, so I'm definitely going to go with this one over Peter Pan's flight. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. Um, I The inclusion of those other Fantasyland attractions, like you said, feels really random and confusing. Um, I don't necessarily love the Jungle Cruise poster, but I'm going to advance it here. Uh, Alyssa and Eric, 
are we all on the same page? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not much to add. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move on to the next matchup then. It's the number three people mover versus number 14 Skyway. Uh, This is an insanely difficult matchup for me because we got two great transportation rides that are now (laughs) defunct going up against one another. People mover, uh, the third poster that has hung in a dwelling of mine. We've got it, it in a way feels like what I wish that monorail poster yes uh, felt like it's like it removes all of those things that maybe were unnecessary in the monorail poster and what's left is uh really just the essentials Uh, we've got the people mover wrapping around from background to foreground which i think is just a really great touch um it's you know one continuous object technically but is able to take up the entire frame that we're working with here we've got a nice bright light uh baby blue background uh with the people mover cars itself being uh orange red uh, in the foreground so those those ride vehicles just pop out so hard uh, we've got a little bit of shadowing on the front part of the car uh up against the side so it there's almost like a little three-dimensional feel to it um, which i think is a nice touch we talked about the pirate in the pirates of the caribbean poster having kind of a different sort of like style to the way that he's drawn i get similar sort of uh feelings about these people that are writing the people mover They're, they have a little bit more detail in some of these other humans that are drawn on some of these attraction posters which i think is really nice you've uh, you've got uh words that read people mover ride tomorrow's transportation dot 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 today uh, <laughs> at the top of the poster um and then in the bottom half people mover presented by Goodyear. So we've got another attraction sponsor. And perhaps most interestingly, instead of reading Tomorrowland at the very bottom of this poster, it just reads Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, this this people mover concept was uh, such an important idea to Walt Disney himself. And he really did indeed believe that it was going to tr- transform the way that we get around all of our cities. And so... I think opening it up to Disneyland itself was just a way of saying that like we, we built this thing and it's here, like it's, it's mm-hmm. here at Disneyland, not necessarily just a ride you want to get in onto uh, in Tomorrowland. Going up against the Skyway. Yeah, this is just such a great poster also. It feels a lot like that Dumbo poster we talked about where we've got a few attractions in the mix. We've got some silhouetted people down below. Uh, it looks like maybe the uh, Tomorrowland loading station. We've got the rocket jets. We've got the, they look like maybe Autopia cars. Uh, uh-huh. Could be phantom boats. I can't really uh, tell yeah, uh, on the left hand side. Um, and then just some type of maybe food building or something at the bottom. Uh, see Disneyland from the air. Skyway. You've got two buckets, a red one and a blue one with some people uh, looking out. Uh, Tomorrowland, of course, on the bottom. This one's really hard because, like I said, I did have that People Mover poster in my apartment. Uh, Still do have it somewhere. Um, And it just feels like a classic. Uh, The Skyway one's so good, too. Um, I I think... 
think I'm gonna have to go with the bias here and go with the people mover, um, just for for the sake of the simplicity. And I like the way that they kind of use shadow and mix up the foreground and the background again to make this two dimensional medium feel like it has some depth to it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I really, really enjoy the people mover. I think it's clean. It's It feels futuristic even for its time. Uh, the mid-century kind of use of not any like right angles, very rounded angles, I think really matches that time and what they felt like the future was going to hold for not only design itself, but automotive design. They're really leaning towards that way. So I think that's really great. And it's super interesting that the people mover word mark is in the font of Goodyear's corporate logo. Yeah, I was so gonna say that. <laughs> it, like a super interesting choice because a lot of times that's not what you do <laughs> when you make these corporate deals. Like you sell the sponsorship, but you own the name and and the rights and how it looks, and you can tack on their logo. But they are like, we're going to also make the font of our wordmark for the people mover, the Goodyear font. Very interesting. You don't see that a ton. I agree. It's it just pops a lot more. It's a lot. You get drawn into the full dynamic of kind of the. You're going to get a tour of whatever you're on with the bend of the track, as opposed to Skyway, which yep, see Disneyland from the air, but it's not quite as intriguing as the trans tomorrow's transportation today. I like it. I agree, Eric and Alyssa. Any issues with people mover moving on? Uh, I'll allow it, but. <laughs> I really do like the Skyway one. Just, I think there could have been some design improvements. I think it's also an old scan or something like the colors look really faded. I think it could have popped more, but um, I love the way they made it. Like the perspective feels really cool because you're really seeing everything at a bird's eye view. Whereas I guess there's some perspective in the people mover in the background, but, um, it is, it, it really does capture that feeling of being up in the air. Um, but I think looking at it now to the skyway, see Disneyland from the air, like lock up there, there's not a lot of breathing room for that typography. It's kind of crammed in there. I think they could have laid it out a little clearer. Um, people mover does a good job of that. It's got a lot of white space and, um, yeah, everything is, everything feels essential there. The only thing that bothers me, I guess, about that one is how Disneyland, the spacing between the letters, the tracking is very extended. Yeah. It's It feels like they stretched it and made a mistake, but <laughs> maybe this is just a very old poster. Um, so I'll let that slide. <laughs> so yeah, people movers. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I want to buy, buy a drink for the person who came up with the name for this. Like that's people just, mover. That's hilarious like what should like this picture like what should we call it like they're stumped just call just call it a people mover (laughs) one word so it's interesting right i love it i think we could probably point to our boy bobby gurr for that name if i had to if i had to guess it was probably his doing but yeah all right people mover moves on let's go ahead and talk about this final matchup it is the number six seed walt disney's enchanted tiki room versus the number 11 Alice in Wonderland. I'm obviously very partial to Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room because I really like that attraction. I have that poster facing me currently. It's right in front of me. I love it a lot. The spacing in this, it's very interesting because you look at the the font on it. So we have a, this kind of green textured background 
uh, the it's a darker green. All of our font is in a lighter green. You have the tiki birds that are also textured in the circle bamboo-esque perches that they sit on in the attraction itself. Uh, and they're, they're stylized in a way that they don't really look like the parrots that are in the attraction. The attraction parrots are very realistic looking, well, for the time. Parrots here, it's almost like if they made cartoon but realistic-esque kind of parrots. And you have who you can assume to be the red parrot, Jose, talking to his counterparts there. And on the right-hand side, you have a tiki uh, like totem that obviously are also featured in the attraction in the corners of the room that come to life and enchant at you. The word says Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room up at the top left. Uh, right below the bird perch says a musical fantasy with an astonishing cast of audio animatronic personalities, which I really like. You don't know who these personalities are. Who, who are the audio animatronic anything like you don't know and it turns out almost everything in that room is going to sing and speak to you and at the very bottom it's at the gateway to Adventureland and this is super interesting so in the photo that we're looking at at the gateway is pushed right up against the edge of that of of the print and to me it looks like ah oh, maybe this was a bad scan or like it's a photo of a poster and they just messed it up but I can tell you that that's literally what the poster looks like. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now and it's up against the the edge of the print itself, almost jammed in there. And then you have Adventureland in that same kind of what you can, what they were trying to get through as like Polynesian-esque, if you could ever say it is. Uh, but Adventureland in that same font has so much more, much more breathing room on the right hand side of the print. So not a huge fan, but the... The, what I can kind of excuse it for is that it's in Adventureland. And unfortunately, what stereotypes Adventureland is less than civilization or a, a younger civilization. So in making this poster, perhaps especially with the way that the font is already drawn out, it wouldn't necessarily be perfectly centered. Am I excusing poor poster ship? Perhaps. But if I had to give it an excuse, maybe they were just really leaning into that theme of adventure, uh, otherworldly, third world-esque even, right? Uh, so I really enjoy the font. Don't really enjoy that spacing at the bottom there. Uh, but it's up against Alice in Wonderland. And I'm not a huge fan of this <laughs> poster, mostly because what the heck is going on here? It kind of abandons all other Disneyland poster styles. And so even just by that, you almost can just disqualify it. You don't have the location anywhere on this poster. You don't have any sort of, I mean, it. I'll, let's, let's talk about it. So it's a like a teal-esque aqua background. You have in the top left, the rabbit looking down the rabbit hole. Uh, swirling around is what you can assume to be like the trajectory of how Alice maybe fell down the, the rabbit hole, but it at least gives a movement down and spiraling, which is I, I enjoy because I think that's important to the, the story. At the top, you have Alice, huge in yellow. In Wonderland is right below it to the left in this kind of pink color. Uh, and then Alice is in the middle looking really surprised in that same sort of peach pink tone that in Wonderland is with her blonde hair, her blue dress, um, more purplish in this, I guess. 
But going through the spiral, you have the words, visit the wonderful world of, and then you have Alice in Wonderland. Then, then down the spiral, you have the, the ride vehicle caterpillar itself. You have the hair. You have the Cheshire cat. And then it says garden of live flowers. You go through and you have the live flower garden. At the very bottom of the spiral, you have the mad tea party in words as well as above. You have the dormouse in the teapot, the, mad, the March hare and the mad hatter pouring some tea through the keyhole. You then have the caterpillar again, but this time not as a ride vehicle, as the, the hookah caterpillar, which feels weird to include two of the same character in different forms. Uh, and then you have Tugly Wood with the accordion owl and the, the uh, like dodo bird umbrella dude. And then on the other side of Alice, you have Upside Down Room. <laughs> it's just kind of like chaotic, which makes sense. The, the film's chaotic. The trip through Wonderland on this attraction is chaotic, but it abandons the Disneyland format. And I think that if we're talking best Disneyland attraction poster, you got to ha- stick to that kind of Disneyland style in order for it to really hit home. I see what they're trying to do here, and I appreciate it. Don't like the coloring of it. Don't really like the execution. It falls out of style. So I'm going to have to, by default, go with the Enchanted Tiki Room. Yeah, all of the colors do seem to kind of blend together on this Alice poster. It's kind of hard to see uh, without zooming in what is exactly going on here. Even the In Wonderland part uh, blends into this this bluish teal background. Uh, Kyle, you did misspeak. Uh, it is pronounced Tolgy Wood um, and Thank not Tuggly Wood. Um, and <laughs> I made I made that same exact mistake. Uh, that you did for the longest time. I don't know why it feels like it should be Tuggly Wood, um, but it's Tolje, Tolje Wood. Tolje. Um, yeah, uh, so here's like my main gripe with this poster. Why is it so prominently featuring Alice? Uh, the ride itself is not about meeting Alice. She doesn't really have anything to do. I think she's in it for like a second. Yeah. Uh, we, we are going through Wonderland. Emphasis on the Wonderland and Alice in Wonderland, not emphasis mm-hmm. on the Alice. Yeah, uh, so I really wish that they had did done more with some of these colorful characters that you meet along the way, as opposed to making Alice such a central focus here. Uh, so I'm with you uh, advancing the Tiki Room. Uh, that's our final matchup. Uh, listen, Eric, uh, are we good with that one? Yes. Tiki Room is beautiful. I think that might be my favorite of the group. So oh, we'll see oh. how it does in the next episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, bird guy. Of course he's going to be with the Tiki Room. Yeah, we got, we got four some macaws. We got some parrots. You can see their tail feathers. Just gorgeous. Love it. All right. We'll talk about the Enchanted Tiki Room and these other posters in the next round. And the Elite Eight. That looks a little bit like this. The number one haunted mansion versus the number nine pirates poster down the brackets. The number 13 small. It's a small world versus the number 12 Disneyland hotel posters across the brackets. The number two Matterhorn poster versus the number seven Jungle Cruise poster and to round out the elite eight. It's the number three people mover poster versus the number six enchanted Tiki room poster. We're going to have some difficult discussions in the next round. Eric and Alyssa, hope you take this week to prep because it's going to be a tough one. We appreciate you joining us for this entire bracket and especially this first part your artistic expertise is greatly appreciated thanks for having us we're very excited to keep it going yeah see you guys next week (laughs) 
All right, everyone, you know how to reach us. If you got something to say about these posters, uh, are, are you just sick of hearing us talk about the parks? Do you have an idea you would like to throw our way for a bracket topic? Please email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and become a member of Jerry's gang by joining us at the $5 level. Till next time, folks, beware of hitchhiking ghosts.